Um, hello, everyone. Uh, we are back to be on another episode of What's Working Podcast by Equilibrium Zoom. So, What's Working Podcast is a podcast show by Equilibrium Zoom where we talk about how to effectively run your business to grow your business. Um, today on the show, we have Anne Osi, who she's the chief operations officer of Hotel NG in Nigeria. And she's going to be talking to us about uh, effective operations management for startup growth. Hello, Anne, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, um, yeah, like Ahmed has said, my name is Anne. I'm Chief of Operations at um, Hotels the NG. And if you don't know Hotels the NG, basically we're an online travel agency. We have the largest collection of Nigerian hotels worldwide. Yeah, so that's it. All right. Thanks so much, Anne, for that. Uh, so we'll just get right on it. As I said earlier, we're talking about effective operations management for startup growth. So basically, how do you manage your business operations, actually grow your business, uh, increase your downline and scale your business over time? Um, so the first question I'll be asking Anne is business operations, what exactly does it mean? What does it entail in its entirety? In, in its entirety? So when we say business operations, what does it mean? Okay, so first off, business operations is is so broad, which is what I was um, concerned about when I was told the topic of this podcast. It's so broad, but simply put, it means making sure that the day-to-day activities needed to run a company are done um, efficiently, making sure that the, the goals that management has communicated are being done efficiently and it means different things for different types of companies different types of um, industries so if you're working in um, an fmcg for instance um, fmcg is like um, manufacturing and consumer goods companies like um, like nestle like vitafoam if you're working in business operations your your role would be completely different from if you were working in business operations in the service industry like a hotel or in a tech company like maybe hotels or NGO or paystack and the the skills that you'd require the knowledge you require are completely different and most times they're not um transferable so it's so broad but summarily it just means whatever the core business is what are the things that you you need to do day to day you need to make sure that they're running efficiently and that the business is like on the path to achieve their goals so that's what it means basically. Well, thank you so much for that so basically uh there are like two sectors you have the service industry and the manufacturing um industry and business operations in either of these two is broadly different as you have said and yeah. um, so just on that line i'll just like us to deep down a bit on that can you just um just run us through what it, what it looks like in service industry the industry you are in and in manufacturing industry what does business operations looks like in those two um sectors okay so like um even the divide it's it's, it's not that 
um, clear cut. So um, I think what I'll do is I'll just give you like examples of different companies and what it will entail. So let's look at service industry, for instance, and let's look at, look at a hotel. They're providing um, a service, they're providing room reservations, they're providing restaurants and all. So if you're an operations manager for a hotel, you need to make sure that the rooms in the hotel are sold out, um, that quality of service is excellent, that you know you need to go to the kitchen, make sure everything is working fine, make sure um, repairs in the hotel are being done on time, and that you need to work with marketing, make sure they are communicating, you know, the make sure they are like everything marketing is going on well and that you're on track to meet your revenue goals, your room goals and whatever. Um, if you're working for, let me say for example, Paystack. Paystack is also a service industry, but it's a technology company and it's different. So with Paystack, the most, I, I feel like the most important thing is the product because if the product is not good then they have no business at all so if you're an operations manager for paystack then you'd be more concerned with the product um you you'd be working mostly with um software developers you know to make sure that everything with the core product is going on well and then you'd also be working heavily with the sales team to make sure that you're adding new customers so you can see that just like in a hotel and in paystack the the core skills that you need are completely completely different if you want to work for a hotel then you need to know about um hospitality and even in the sales part like it's a different kind of sales um if you're working in a hotel and if you're working in paystack and even if you're working in um an FMCG for instance so if you're working in like Nestle or um, Unilever or Vitafoam then you need to know about um, 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 product management like you'd be focused on the factory the outputs in the factory they need to, uh, everything there needs to be working seamlessly and you need to make sure that you're meeting your goals and then at the same time sales is completely different you need to make sure that you're Sell, um, you need to make sure that you're selling to your customers on time, you know, the agreed amount. You need to make sure that supply chain and logistics doesn't break down. So in any industry or any company you find yourself, you have to understand what the core business is. And that would now determine the skills that um, you're bringing to the table. And again, operations management as a career is not... I don't know how to do this. To become like um, a business operations manager, it's not really something that you aspire to. It's something that you just um, find like yourself doing. Because first of all, like the 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 role has different names. In in some companies, you're you're just like a VP to be like the vice president of product or a vice president of marketing but um, when you look at it you're actually managing like business operations so it has different names and most times you find yourself doing that when you've been working in that company for a while or you've been working like in that industry for a while and you've gained expertise and then 
get, maybe you get a promotion or you get recruited from another company to head a team or like um, direct the company or something. So it's not like you would rarely see like um, job openings for um, operations management and all because like I said, it's so broad and depending on the company or the industry you're in, the skill sets are completely different and they're not really transferable. Yeah. For instance, me becoming um, chief of operations for hotels or NG, mm-hmm. it was because I had worked there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had worked there for like I think three years, and mm-hmm. I knew basically everything that was going on in the company. So when the um, former CEO left, it just made sense that I would continue rather than them hiring somebody else because oh, yeah. I was very familiar with everything that was going on in the company, oh, and I could yeah. just pick up. Yeah, so that's that's basically how it works in most industries. Oh, oh, I I think I get that now. Thank you for that. Um, so, okay, let me just ask this on last question in that line. So, um, for a startup that is just starting out, yeah. what makes most makes what makes most sense is it that uh, the entrepreneur himself is going to be the operations manager? or the role is to be outsourced to a professional in that sector like does it make sense for the entrepreneur a a startup that is just going through growth let's say either you're in the service industry or uh i think for manufacturing is is it it requires my expertise or in the manufacturing sector does it make sense for the entrepreneur himself to take on the role of managing all the operations or the operations um, management should be outsourced to a professional that has more expertise in that line because as you have said if your product is not good or if your service is not good there is no business well you know it depends you see this even this um startup thing like um it depends on your needs i feel like if you're starting a business at the point where um as an entrepreneur at the point where you need like an operations manager you would know because you would find out that it's becoming like increasing increasingly difficult to um manage everything that's going on now with manufacturing to be honest i wouldn't really know because i've never like um worked in a manufacturing company i've only worked in technology companies but i think that um Perhaps you'd require someone with expertise because manufacturing is um, really, really technical. Again, I wouldn't really know. But if you come down to technology or to service, then it depends on your budget constraints and on what you really need the the person to do. By all means, if you have money and you can hire someone with expertise then go for it but then expert it has to be expertise is is very very relative just because um um, you know someone has worked in like big corporations and has handled a lot of projects doesn't mean that they would be able to conduct the operations of your startup very well you need someone that has had experience building small things because when you're building things from scratch it's 
it's a bit different and it's a bit it's a bit difficult and yeah. if you're someone who has never done it before you get very impatient yeah you, you get yeah you get very impatient that's because things would not be working like ideally yeah. and you're used to things working so smoothly so you yeah. can just get frustrated and all i feel yeah. like if you're starting a business you should start out on your own if you don't really have money and then as time goes on when you feel like things are becoming um when you feel like oh so many things are going on at once and you can't really focus then you should get someone to manage your operations but what i've noticed however what i've noticed however is that again remember i said um in companies like it's not all companies where you have the role operations manager business operations manager coo but there'll be somebody whose job actually translates to that so what i've noticed is that for most ceos of startups they usually prefer to have someone that they can relate to someone that they know personally or someone that has been working with them for a while so most times you'd find that it's a co-founder or in some cases a a a family member and then the role it's just they will just like um divide responsibility you just hear okay um sometimes you just hear okay you know what i'm 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 good with um coding you know i'm good with tech I'm good with marketing, but I'm not really good with sales. You're better at sales. So just handle sales and handle finance. Sometimes it's just like it's split in roles. While sometimes you have um, CEOs that say, you know what, I just want to focus on fundraising. Help me make sure that customer service is going well and, and the rest. So most times what I've found is, um, especially in startups, they like to hire people that they know personally or people that have been there with them from the scratch because you know you need synergy you need you need someone that can translate yeah, what's in your head the exact yeah way that you want it that you want it yeah so that's, that's why i said the role is not it's not really something that you aspire to it's something yeah, that you just, just find, find yourself doing. doing yeah yeah thank you for that um so right to the major question of the day so now we've we've we have an overview and an in-depth yeah. uh, knowledge of what business operations entails. So how, how do we effectively manage um, business operations to actually grow the business and, and scale over time? How do you do that? Again, for service industry and for manufacturing industry, because it looks like the two parts. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm just going to speak briefly on manufacturing. Um, for manufacturing industry, um, you need to have, well, basically, generally, you need to have clear-cut goals. Um, that's the first thing. There's so many companies, especially startups, that are just operating with no, um, with no clear-cut no goals. Goal. So it, yeah. yeah, it's hard to now measure. Um, if you don't have a goal, then you can't measure anything. Measure you don't doing. even know if you're if you're performing well so you need to have clear-cut goals and these goals have to come from um management and you need to have deadlines to achieve those goals because that's how you measure progress and you need to also be very realistic because sometimes a company is doing well but they feel you're not because they did not meet their goals meanwhile those goals were very unrealistic in the first place now how you set these goals how you create your deadlines and whether they're realistic or not it really depends on like your company 
the industry you're in, the uh-huh. product you have. Yeah, like you, you're the one who has to sit down and really look at your business and then uh-huh. figure out um, the best way to go about it. That's like yeah. strategic management, right? Yes, exactly. And then the next important thing for me is people management. And this is where okay. people get involved the most, especially if you're a startup. You, there are so many CEOs that have this, um, I don't know how to put it, this God complex. I'm the one uh, who yeah. I am the smart leader voice um in the room you should be talented at hiring people who are smarter than you in fact your job as a ceo is to just relax and do nothing and have people make money for you like that's the goal that's the life you're just you're basically just killing and people are working for you yeah. yeah. So before you can have effective operations manager, you need an effective um, effective operations management. You need an effective operations manager, basically. So you need to um, you need to hack people people management. Like you really really need to hack it, especially when you're a startup. Number one, there are budget constraints. You can't hire the best in your field because if you had money, like if you were Google or Apple. Like that's basically what they do. They just hire the best, and problems are solved because you know you yeah. have like a huge company filled with geniuses, experienced yeah. people. You know, so yeah, that's true. Problems for you. Uh, so then, how do you now? Um, um get the the best That's so true. you need to hack people management yeah and then when you hack that then you can now start working on your processes your deadlines blah 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 now for manufacturing industry to be honest i really wouldn't know i know that there are um several things that they do there are several um um, there's several like um, theories that they model their production from, like um, maybe um, Lean Six Sigma, continuous improvement. I really wouldn't know. So I'm going to speak on what I know, which is um, in the tech sector. So you need to get people right, you need to get your processes right, and you need to get the Um, you need to get the tech right and I'm going to be using two different kinds of companies so let me let me use um, I'm going okay let me use three let me use Paystack, Jumia and Hotels.ng now with Paystack, Paystack is it's really all about the product so if people are using Paystack and they find out that um, maybe it's not working or payments are failing or fraudsters use it a lot then the business is, is dead. So that's the core business, the product. Then with Jumia, if people go on Jumia and there are no products, or maybe every time you go on Jumia and you want to buy something, it's sold out all the time. People will just be like, oh, Jumia is not a serious company and the business is dead. 
and with hotels.ng if you log on to www.hotels.ng and there are no hotels like maybe you type hotels in lagos and you see just two two hotels or something then you'd be like oh these people are not serious so the business is dead so you need to now understand the core business and as a business operations manager that's where you really focus on so if you're starting out a company like Pacer, you cannot um how compromise on the software developers that you hire you can't because mm-hmm. if you hire people that are not very good then you have no business now hmm. that doesn't mean that you need to go and hire 10 extremely good software right. developers but it just means that you need to have someone that is experienced or talented okay. in that team maybe like maybe like two Okay. Then with Jumia, you need to have someone that is um, extremely experienced with sourcing for products, sourcing for vendors. So you need that on your team. And same okay. with um, Hotels.ng. When you're starting out, you need to get someone who can go out into the field and help you get hotels to list on your on your platform. So when you're starting out, those are the experienced people that you need to that you need to um hire you understand so when you get that when you get that right in the beginning you build like um a foundation because these are the people that you bring some ways to build your processes around but if you get that wrong from the beginning then you're not even going to have a business in the first place so you can't even now um think of how to now um yes exactly and it's that it's, it's these people that would help you build your team again yeah. you have budget constraints maybe you're pre-seed maybe you're still doing the business with your money or with money that your parents gave you and and, and it's 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 not a lot and you're trying to um maybe you know that okay with this money you have um if you've not made a certain amount or raised extra funding maybe in the next six months or 12 months then the business would be would be dead so mm-hmm. you you have like budget constraints so now you want mm-hmm. to hire mm-hmm. most startups would have to hire people that are not experienced either people mm-hmm. that are nysc or yeah. even people that are still in school yeah. or people that have no work experience and you need yeah. them to really really perform you need them to work long hours you need them to do you know to work as if they are experienced so then how 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 do you now do that how do you go about it again you don't have the luxury of hiring a brilliant um hr firm you have to do the hiring yourself yourself Yes, exactly. So you basically need to figure out how to find talent. You need to be able to find people that are very interested in, like, if you're hiring for marketing, oh, I don't have experience, or I'm really, like, interested in it. And how, how, how do you find out things about like that? They would have started doing things on their own. You know, yeah. you would hear, oh, yeah, I've been taking courses. Like, they would have started doing things on their own and you need to design your recruitment recruitment process it has to be different from the traditional recruitment process you cannot be asking things like um, what's your greatest challenge or how many years have you been working <laughs> or, you, you, you will just yeah. get people that will just come and lie <laughs> you understand you will just get yeah. people that will Love come you. and hide me, I've learned that I'm very, very bad with hiring. Most times, I regret 
the people I hire because I get carried away with uh, I don't know like I get Detour. carried away with yeah I get carried away with words but over time I've gotten better first off recruitment in hotels are NG I don't know if anybody has applied they'll tell you that we would always ask some annoying set of questions <laughs> it would be completely weird and completely unrelated to not really unrelated from the outside it seems like it's unrelated but you'd be surprised at how much it is filled up if you hire someone for customer service and you ask them simple questions in english and you're replying back with like grammatical errors i mean like that's already a good filter because if you're hiring people to come and send emails yeah so they have to go you know those kind of questions what we're just looking for is people who can you know think deliver yeah people who can think out of the box um basically and in the interviews i've learned that you need to ask for personal contributions so let's say you're hiring for like um an accounting role you'd have people who would say yeah you know in my former company we did this we did that we did this you need to ask what did you as a person do and when they tell you what their personal contribution is then you can now have ask follow-up questions because people will lie they'll tell you yeah i did this if you ask a follow-up question they won't be able to deliver so that's where your experienced hire comes in they have to be part of these like um interviews and they have because they're the ones who would now be able to ask the candidates specific questions about what they'll be doing day to day and so basically you're not looking for expertise you're just looking for people that have the desire to learn not passion Yeah, people that have the passion and obviously like when you when you start you would make like some terrible mistakes with hiring but over time you'd we'll figure it out yeah 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 so now you have um a team and you're so small when you're um, um yeah you're so small when you're starting out and you're trying to figure out okay yeah i, I feel like we have you know you're talking to your team i feel like we have a good product for how do we then like how do we scale it how do we move yeah. from here and this is what i always say your process the processes that you have in your business is what is going to kill you or um what is what is going to make you so you're having um you've had like a, a meeting with your your management team and you've come up with a plan maybe like a marketing plan or a product launch plan or something so now how do you now execute when you're working in it's it's very hard in startups to execute Hmm. um it's very easy to bring up ideas it's so easy like ideas are never ever the problem but execution is the problem which is where yeah business um operations come in you should never set like um after like every brainstorming session or every planning um session you should never just be like okay yeah go and do it there's a further step um okay what what example um can i give okay so um let's say you want to launch um a bike hailing service now let's say something like um, um go go kada now and you've said yeah. okay you know what 
year we're, we're starting with VI, then you now tell your team, okay, go and start in VI. Like that's um, um, very inconclusive. So you've developed your idea. You need to now break it down into into action plans. Okay. In order for me to do this, for us to get to this goal, we need to do this, do this, do this, do this, and then we'll get to this goal. And then there's something called delegation and responsibility. Then for each of those action plans, you need to make sure that there's somebody that is responsible for it and that they know that they are responsible and that they have a deadline for delivering. And that's all you need to now do as um, uh, as a CEO. So you've communicated the plans, you've delegated responsibility. Now, as a business operations manager, you're the one who would now have to navigate between different teams and make sure first of all you need to break it down further for them if they don't understand and you need to make sure that they're actually doing it every day and that's why i said um um um, process is king there's two things there's achieving your goals and then there's actually carrying out the daily actions that will lead to achieving those goals and what i've noticed in most startups is that they are too focused on the end goal rather than the individual actions that lead to it you need to have like a system that monitors that monitors both because sometimes if you don't achieve like a goal as a business it's, it, sometimes it's it's not because the the plan was bad it's that the people that you gave to do that plan they didn't do it well yeah. or they did it well but it, it just it just didn't happen so you you need to know so when setting kpis you need to make sure that you set both action um, oriented KPIs and result oriented KPIs and you need to make sure that you're monitoring this daily not after a month of like people doing rubbish that you now find out that oh they, yeah they did really rubbish you need to ask for um, daily reports weekly weekly reports yes exactly like a sales team for instance the fact that they've not closed a client for three months doesn't mean that they're not they're not working at the same time it could mean that they're working they're working but they've just not achieved it but you, you need to have the monitoring it how many emails have you sent how many calls have you have you made or do you make daily how many meetings do you have um, um weekly and if you can there should be rewards for these actions and then a final result for the goal and this should translate like it should permeate every single area of your of your business you know everybody working for you needs to know that it's not just enough to achieve a goal because some teams can achieve like set goals based on luck or maybe you thought it was something hard to do but it was actually something very simple to do they didn't really do anything and it just happened so you need to make sure that it permeates every single department in your in your company that everybody knows that they need to meet the daily um action plans that are required and that they achieve the result then you need to make sure that you're actively documenting your processes there are so many startups where someone would leave 
and people would always leave and then everything everything just scatters you know you're you're working for you're in a startup you're training people after a while you're going to leave because most times people people would grow faster than your company maybe when you hire them you were paying them 50k or 100k and now they really learned a lot on the job and they need a higher salary or something you 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 get what i mean so they'd leave so you need to make sure that you're always documenting your processes such that when 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 people leave it's continuous it's seamless there's no break there's something i always say if it's not documented then it doesn't exist every single process is documented and then lastly you need to make sure you're always collecting data data is very important you need to collect data on everything if you have a website you need to have data on how many um how many customers came into the website how many customers got to different stages in the website you need to have on every single thing you need to document like um, the results from marketing because it's with data that you can then make decisions and that you can then um, optimize your processes right um i think that's a whole lot exhaustive um but yeah. there's one more part which is the technology part um what's the role of technology in all of these and how do you leverage on technology to actually optimize and effectively manage your operations okay so technology is very important because and you need to be aware like you need to be constantly aware of new technologies that are coming up because sometimes your processes are very manual because you don't know that there's like um a tech product somewhere that can um that can help you um automate it so uh, like in documenting your processes now um there's several tools you can use it there's some nigerian startups now that are still like they're not on the cloud um when it comes to like just normal documentation you're still using like microsoft word microsoft excel instead of them to even if they still want to use microsoft maybe use like OneDrive or use like google drive to make sure that different people can work like on the documents at a time and it's not that they can't implement it is that they don't even know that it, it exists yeah so yeah they don't even know exactly so um like in in products now they're different um there's asana there's jira they're different um software um software or tech products out there that would make it very um easy for you to manage what your software developers are doing you know for you to list out features and basically just manage the entire process well but you need to even be aware that they are out there before you can use this and it's also engine we're always trying out new stuff we're always trying out new stuff and me like um again that's why i said it, re- it really boils down to people who, who you pick as your managers or as your team leads is really important because as a ceo you can't do you can't do everything yourself you have to like you need the people working for you to help you yeah. so 
yeah when i started with hotels the ng i was in finance and a lot of the things they were doing was just very very manual even like the spreadsheets that they had to maintain like it didn't have like smart formulas that could make things easy and like for me to say well i i I think I, I I made it smarter. I made their processes more um, seamless. Um, they were, you know, using tech. I'd go to the software developer team and ask them, oh, help me automate this, help me automate that. But then I did that on my own, you know, without the CEO's intervention. Yeah. Then mm. another part of tech is in collecting data. And this is something that is a huge disadvantage for Nigerian tech companies. This is what like this is what makes these um foreign tech companies so big because they leverage on big data. We're not even collecting data. We don't even um for instance if you're making like um projections you don't even have like data um um, you don't even have like data from like other companies in your industry to accurately make your projections. Um, mm. If I use the travel industry for instance, there are very few reports um, predicting how by how much the travel industry is going to grow, or reports on how many hotels are springing up, or what um, what's the behavior of nigerians in this climate towards travel but if you search for information like this in the us in the uk or in, in, you know there's lots of data around that you can use to make your projections in marketing um, in foreign countries you can basically compare you can be you have there's data on what the customer acquisition what the um average customer acquisition costs for companies in your in your industry are so if your um if your customer acquisition cost is a lot higher than what the average in your industry is you know that oh there's a problem but here we don't even have, we don't we don't even have that we don't have companies that are collecting this data for us and even internally we don't have the data so many websites so many .ng .ng with very terrible um, um, database um, management so many companies with products they don't even they don't know like the demographics of their customers they don't know where their customers are coming from mm. you know and no a b testing so data is very important and obviously it's it's expensive to collect data so it's something that you need to do early on and even even if it's manually even if you're collecting data manually even if you're writing down like um even if you're documenting like sales just manually on a spreadsheet it's better than having than having nothing because you need to make your decisions with data and that's where technology can help so based on your budget constraints you know you you just need to invest in tech um in tech that collects data for you if it's google analytics on your website i don't really know like the actual um technologies that are being used as a business operations manager i don't have to know i just have to like tell the tech team collect this data collect this data oh we we, we don't have the tool for that okay how much will it cost okay let's invest in it you know and then mm-hmm. analyze 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 the data 
analyze mm-hmm. data. Yeah. So that's how tech, tech tech can really help, like in in collecting data, and also in automating your um 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 also also in automating your processes. You'd be surprised that even the tech companies that you look up to in Nigeria have very very manual processes on the <laughs> surface. <laughs> yeah, like even even the paystack and the plotter wave and the results the engine. We we have very manual processes because. Automation is is so expensive, and that's why you have like a lot of Nigerians complaining and, and comparing rather saying, oh, you know, if I use the foreign version of this company, they won't do me like this. It's because <laughs> <laughs> it's because like the the technological capabilities are just super different. You understand? A lot of uh, on the surface, it seems like oh yeah, it's tech, tech, tech when you're working in the company and you're familiar with your operations you find out that a lot of things are still manual you know so as your company grows you need to look for different ways that you can um, um automate and i'm not just talking about like the core business like even in in finance in payments and paying your vendors you know all those normal um back office operations to support the main business you know yeah. if you can use technology to um automate them then it'd be great because it saves you costs you don't need to hire you don't need yeah. to hire as as much and your business is more efficient so customer retention rates could be could increase because you're like oh you know this company is so cool um nothing breaks down services on points blah 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 yeah yeah so that's how tech helps yeah, thank you for that. Um, it's a really very exhaustive one, and there's a whole lot of insights in that. So very quickly, uh, if I ask the last questions, um, I want to ask. So there was a point you were talking about people's management being yeah. um, being a very major part of um, operations um, management. So you want to hack your people's management. So I want to ask. What is the role of um, emotional intelligence in in that particular space? Because every now and then I hear about it, emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence. How how does it help with people's management? Oh, it 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 does a lot. It it, it really does because how 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 do I put it? When people are different, you know people are completely different and when you're working with people especially young people like the the drama <laughs> let me use the word drama the drama <laughs> is a lot and you need people that can manage that drama well otherwise your company would literally be a battleground uh-huh. you know as, as a startup your manager your manager can say is is, is not experienced experience like that all of you are just young 20 somethings in the room trying to figure figure something out so if you have people that are not emotionally intelligent then your company will be a, a battleground and you yourself as a ceo you need to be a nice person because most times the company culture is shaped after the values of the ceo if the CEO of a company is very hot-tempered and harsh, the managers are going to be hot-tempered and harsh. If the CEO mm-hmm. of the company is very gentle, the managers of the company are going to be gentle. So most times, you as the CEO, you 
shape the culture people would your staff would emulate you um hire good people you know there's a reason people say oh um leave politics but there's a reason um if you want to go and work for like the big companies of, of the world would ask you specific questions if they've seen in your in your past maybe you've had like a scandal like a racism scandal or sexual harassment scandal they won't hire you even though you're very competent and people will be yeah. like oh you know there's there's a reason for that because you you need like you can't bring like you can't bring people who have two conflicting values and then ask them to work together just it just won't work you know so yeah. even when you're hiring you need to just depending on the type of company you want you know if those are the kind of people you want in your company fine but you need to basically hire good people sometimes in the the engine the reason you won't get the job is not because you're not qualified but because you won't fit the company culture and there are people that we've hired in the past and we just regretted it because they didn't fit like the culture our culture is very laid back in terms of um like we don't do the respect the nigerian respect thing a lot we don't yes just and that's Honestly, it's because that's how our CEO is, you know? So everyone is used to it. And we don't do the formal thing a lot because there's no need for us to do the formal thing. We we don't have... Um, our company is, is always online. Like, we rarely have, like, people come from outside into the company. We rarely have meetings, if you, get, if you get what I mean. So there's no need for us to come to the office wearing suits and all those things. So if you're in an interview if we're interviewing you and we see that you're someone who really likes formalities it just won't work because we've tried in the past and yeah it's in jail because if you're in a team now there will be a lot of conflict you start asking why didn't you greet me and all this yeah all this kind of thing another thing this one just as an aside as a young person if find yourself you don't need to be like which is one thing that i really really hate when it comes to young people in managerial roles in small companies you find that they're just, they're just interested in their team members are saying oh you know you're the best oh your team member won't do something didn't do something correctly then you cover up for him or you'll be doing silly things like buying your team pizza and all those kind of things no you need to just make sure that everyone is doing their best to achieve their goals that's what the company needs from you that's what you were hired for yeah. you understand and yeah. if, trust me if people in your team are achieving their goals they would love you regardless of whether you're buying them pizza or not they would love yeah. you because they would feel themselves growing in their career yeah. and they would yeah. feel um the um appreciation from the company yeah yeah and just generally as a rule it's not it's not only when someone is not performing at their job 
they need sometimes women or he's very aggressive then you need to let them go because you need harmony without people don't need to like each other but there needs to be mutual mutual respect yeah they need there needs to be mutual respect yeah um thank you so much for that uh that's that's really insightful so very quickly um i want you to outline for us um a very short statement what are the top do's and don'ts in in business operations management things you should do and things you shouldn't to make sure that your your business is is doing well ah <laughs> well I, I i i wouldn't say i know like the top top i i think i can just speak generally of do do's and don'ts so I for do's hire well especially when you're when you're just starting out um hire well document your processes make sure you're collecting data um make sure that the KPIs that you're setting for your team are directed towards the most important goals in 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 the company so if your goal is to increase sales make sure that everyone working on sales have um action KPIs that lead to increased sales and not um um something else and then always lastly always audit your always audit your processes to make sure that you're getting the the best out of it things should never be set in stone you should be willing to change um things um, with nice. new information yeah yeah that flexibility yeah then for don't um don't be a god ceo <laughs> <laughs> yeah like just I mean like make sure your company has like an environment where ideas are welcome Amazing. you know so yeah, yeah. that 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 um that's how you grow don't do nepotism don't hire your friends and your family or don't hire because you're looking for one favor from chief one chief or the other hire well um Yeah, what 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 else can I say? Don't compromise on quality, or, you know, in every single department. Don't say, "Oh, you know why Nigeria is it's, it's supposed to be like this." Yeah. So uh, just try always make sure and set realist um don't set unrealistic goals. Don't say um I mean, you'll know when like a target that like you set for it is it's far-fetched and, and unrealistic. Yeah, just yeah. be yeah, be very realistic. And finally, um never ever assume. Like don't make decisions based on assumptions. Let the data that you have here yeah, back back your decision, which ties into the do's. You should always try to collect data however you can. With tech manually, just collect the data and analyze well. And then make yeah. your decisions based on on that data. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. But just one last question on the last um don't <laughs> never ever assume. Um yeah. so there are some time you hear people say at times you have to follow your gut maybe in in cases whereby uh maybe there is no data and you just have to make a decision. So there are, there are, and that, uh, in in those scenarios people will say you have to follow your gut. Um so how do you how do you 
make the differences? Have you, how do you make the difference in that particular scenario by probably there's no data and you need to make that decision? What do you do? Then you just close your eyes and make the decision. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no data, there's, there's nothing you can do. Remember I said data is a really, really, really big problem. So you'll find that you would you would get to that point a lot. You, you you would get you would get to that point a lot. But what I always say is this following your gut thing, yeah. Your gut is the things you feel in your gut are not really, really random. They're usually informed by like Something. maybe things you've read in the past or several several experiences. So if you find that you have to make a decision and there's no data no, then yeah, you just there's not there's I mean there's nothing there's nothing you can do. Obviously you should ask for advice. Or if you advise, if you still feel like um, what you want to do seems best, then go 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 for it, go mm. for it, yeah. Mm. But still try to get like data at every opportunity yeah, that you it. can. But yeah, getting data is, is very expensive, and a lot of startups would not be able to access the kind of data that they need to make business decisions so it's fine follow your gut by all means yeah yeah thank you so much for that then um the last part so the last question i'd like to ask is so there, there are times whereby you you feel you are doing your your process is is right you have the right culture you've hired the good people um, you've done everything you do right when it comes to your business operations, but then yeah. it's still not translating to actual growth uh, in your downline and your revenue stream. So there's like a a, a way around that pathway by there's a way you translate an effective business operations to an actual business growth. So how how do you do that? Um. Okay, this is a tough one. It's a tough one because it, it, it assumes that the companies that are growing are growing solely because they are um, are growing solely because their business operations are effective, which is untrue. Yeah, which is untrue. If you've done everything right. And by doing everything right, I mean like um, after you've done everything and you didn't pan out, you've gone back, you know, audited your process, tried to find out what went wrong, and it's still not working. Then it's it's not it's not because it's not because your operations are not effective. It, it, it's probably like the the fault of of, of the business itself. Yeah. You know, some businesses are just not good. So if you've done everything right, sometimes, or if it's like a project in your business and you've done everything right and it's not working, then you just kill it. It's not it's not everything that will pan out, you know. So there's really no there there are hacks for you to make your business operations effective. And if the business is good and your operations are effective, then it should translate to growth. But then if you look at the industry, you would see you would say companies that have like terrible operations when they're starting out, but the business was just good and immediately they they um um um, um started they started getting customers and they started growing by this percent, this percent every month. But for other companies, like it's, it's a crawl. 
so there's no how would I put it there's no set in stone process that otherwise every, everybody would be everybody would be doing business there's no set in stone process I'll be like oh if you run your business like this it will guarantee it would, it would guarantee success yes it would guarantee it would guarantee growth these are just all different ways that oh, within your your business you can you know make your team more productive make the outputs of your production increase make your marketing better but it it doesn't guarantee it doesn't guarantee success at all there's apple and there's techno there's no evidence unless maybe someone has done the research to compare the business operations of the two companies that the reason apple is more successful is because their business operations are better business operations yeah. is so broad so business operations in what sense is it the technology is it the marketing you know so yeah growth business growth is <laughs> there's so many things that can lead to growth sometimes it just hits like yeah like a, a, a jackpot idea maybe your product is so original that even if you're running your company badly customers still still want it yeah. you know yeah yeah but within the context of like a business if you're trying to launch something new and you've you've checked you've done everything and it's not working maybe it's it's just not a good a good product even if oh. might not be that your process is bad it's bad all right um thank you so much uh we've come to the end of today's episode which is episode of what's working podcast and it was really a, a nice discussion where we talked about how to effectively manage your business operations for business growth uh we had and Osi taking us through a whole masterclass, which is very insightful <laughs> and, and, and informed. Thank you so much. Uh, we are so grateful for having you. Um, so guys, uh, we are done with today's episode. Uh, want to check about Equilibrium Zone, you can log on to our website. Uh, we are a consulting company that focuses on strategy, business operations, innovation consulting and data leverage and digitization of your business so we help innovative startups to hack their goods their processes and actually grow their business um thank you so much for coming today on the show uh have a nice day you too bye bye